Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Generation GC, Victims of Love from Good Morning Revival with Ashley Godfrey. Last week we talked about I Just Want to Live from the Chronicles of Life and Death, and next week we'll be talking about a song from Cardiology. Ashley Godfrey is from Cleveland, Ohio. She's a medical assistant from a primary care doctor. She loves going to shows, traveling, getting tattoos, and hanging with friends new and old. She is also in a community orchestra and has been playing violin for over 20 years. As a side note, this episode was recorded in August. It's September 27th as I'm recording this intro. Machine Gun Kelly's album, Tickets to My Downfall, just came out. Please go listen to it. Uh, I know some of you are big MGK fans. Some of you are probably like, uh, what? No, I'm not going to listen to a rapper. But this is a pop punk album. It's like one of my favorite pop punk releases of the year, no question. And I think it could be really huge for pop punk and alternative music as a whole and, and maybe boost it back to the mainstream. So it, it's it's very, very cool to see such a high profile artist take on this style that we all know and love. And I think if you like Good Charlotte, you're going to love this album. Separately, also, I wanted to remind everyone, as I have been, to please visit antisemitism.card.co and blacklivesmatters.card.co to learn more about antisemitism and the Black Lives Matter movement, respectively. We need to continue speaking out against all forms of injustice. I'm also going to include in the show notes the petition to save the USPS, which is still in danger. You can still sign the petition. Please sign the petition. And finally, uh, I know I'm leaving y'all with a whole lot of points, but there's just so much to say, so much to talk about. So I figured, you know what, I will just share it all. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away recently, and Trump has now, as as the time I'm recording this, Trump has appointed Amy Coney Barrett, and, uh, you know, RBG was a pioneer in women's rights and equality, and this appointment is really concerning in regards to, among other things, abortion access, which is a, a right for women to have. Um, you know, we're getting really close to the election. If you have not registered to vote, please do so now and make sure you vote come November. I feel like the kind thing or like the super PC thing to say would be, I don't care who you vote for, but like, I'm not a Trump supporter. I really hope you aren't either. I, I feel like, you know, the people who tend to listen to Good Charlotte's music tend to be good people, tend to be kind and understanding and compassionate people. Uh, and that just uh, does not really vibe with being a Trump supporter. So, yeah, please, please make sure you're registered to vote. It, please, you know, you still have some time. Please re- register and uh, then make sure you vote come November. I just got my mail-in ballot in the mail. And after I finish recording this intro, I'm going to go drop it off in the mailbox. Well, that's about it, but just one last thing. Generation GC stickers are here. Do you want a sticker? Two things you can do. Number one, support the show on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash generationgcpod. That helps me sustain the show and have the right equipment uh, and do things like print stickers and get them mailed to y'all. Or you can donate to a charitable organization. Don't donate to change.org because that you know, just fuels that site. Uh, but go to blacklivesmatters.card.co, donate to one of the organizations there. So then you're going to send me a screenshot of either your support of the show on Anchor or your charitable donation. 
and your mailing address, you can DM me on Twitter or Instagram at GenerationGCPod or email GenerationGCPod at gmail.com, and I will mail you stickers. I will also occasionally tweet or post on the Instagram story about other ways y'all can get stickers, whether that's good deeds you can do or ways to help spread the word about the show, so make sure you're following. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Now on to episode 8. It's wild to me that pretty soon... We will be at six months of Generation GC. Holy crap. So exciting. I'm, I gotta do something to celebrate when that comes along. Anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in. And now on to episode 28. So, Victims of Love. This is track six on Good Morning Revival. Track five was Keep Your Hands Off My Girl. And then track seven is Where Would We Be Now? Which, by the way, I can't wait to get to Where Would We Be Now? Because there's going to be some some discourse. Um, <laughs> this is a deep cut, so not a single. They did play it live. It looks like from about 2007 to 2009 or so. It looks like in the U.S. Because I went through those tour dates and I was like, wow, when did Good Charlotte play at Madison Square Garden? That was when they were on tour with Justin Timberlake in the summer of 2007. (laughs) So, like... Interesting. We got a lot to talk about with this song. And I want to introduce you to our our listeners. But, like, let's talk about Good Charlotte touring with Justin Timberlake in the summer of 2007. Um, Did you go to that tour? I did not. <laughs> Neither did I. Honestly, didn't even know what happened until just now. <laughs> well, right. And, like, I, being, you know, big, good Charlotte fan and loving this album, didn't even hear about this tour, like, until a friend told me. Like, a friend right. that was, like, a Justin Timberlake fan, not a good Charlotte fan. She was oh like, my. oh, good Charlotte's with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and I, like, I don't know why I didn't go. Because I could, probably could have gone to the show in New York, but yeah. Yeah, um, I have to say, well, I guess in 2007, I was I was getting definitely into some different music by that type mm-hmm. point in time. So that's probably why I have not heard about it. <laughs> but but um, I, I mean, I guess I wouldn't have, I would definitely, I mean, at Good Charlotte was there, of course I would have gone, but right. Um, yeah, that that is that is quite uh, the interesting lineup, I have to say. I think though it's, and we'll we'll talk about that this uh, in a little bit, but I feel like that was just part of their whole trying to reinvent themselves thing and and placing exactly. themselves in in front of a different audience. So, you know, I I. Oh, yeah searched i mean i i was not really able to find like a lot of reviews of those shows uh but i i i'm i am like real curious like what did fans <laughs> think like if you were a good charlotte so so this is a call out by the way if you are a good charlotte fan that saw them with justin timberlake or if you are a justin timberlake that happened to discover good charlotte for the first time by seeing them open for justin timberlake I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. I like hearing them. And that's the whole point of this podcast is hearing people's different experiences with Good Charlotte and the different ways people have found out about them. Right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I also want to know, like, how did that tour even, like, come about as far as how did did they link up with him? I don't know. But, I mean, hey. Let me me look up real quick. I'm going to look up real quick Justin Timberlake's what label he was on because 
Oh, true. Maybe. Okay, let's see. Uh, no, it doesn't look like, I mean, so he has been on other labels that are under Sony. Okay. Which, you know, Good Charlotte, Epic Records, uh, yeah. was on Sony. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that came about. I mean, <laughs> maybe it was, you know, through some higher up at Sony, even though there are, you know, different labels under Sony. Maybe, maybe they had the same booking agent. I don't know. Right. Yeah. There was they could have had the same some, booking agent. Some sort of odd connection there that happened. And yeah, it just, it just happened. <laughs> I mean, I imagine, I'm like imagining it was, you know, either a label higher up or a booking agent, you know, that, you know, a shared booking agency. Because especially when you get into the the higher levels, people like Justin Timberlake playing Madison Square Garden, there's like a couple booking agencies that have almost everyone. So it it, it would not be crazy at all to say that Good Charlotte and Justin Timberlake had the same booking agency. Yeah. So it could be that. I mean... Happened. I'm sure it was a great show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, I like I said, I I would I would have went. I would have been down. For if I had like me. known about it in time to buy tickets. Oh, maybe it was at summer camp. Still, no. I feel like I don't know. I I I feel like I just didn't know about it. Yeah, I had no idea. I mean, I it, feel like it, I didn't know about it until after it happened. Right. Yeah, I found out about it. I definitely found out about it after it happened because at the end of the summer, we would always go down the shore and it was like my family and a couple other families and my one family friend, a girl that was also my age, was like, yeah, I saw Justin Timberlake a few weeks ago. Did you know Good Charlotte opened for them? <laughs> and I was like, no. So odd. What? Uh, it was yeah, just, just it was like how did i not find out about this like, right yeah no i mean I it was before I... twitter but like i had myspace like i'm pretty sure it was on their email list just one of those secret shows i guess right right <laughs> secret shows at like the most famous arena in the world yeah exactly <laughs> i don't know well we'll we'll get a little bit more into kind of the backstory of this song and album but (laughs) Ashley I want to help introduce you to our listeners so first question I like to ask people is when did you first hear Good Charlotte and what did you first think of them so exactly when I first found out about them it was right after Young and the Hopeless came out Mm -hmm. I was on a bus and it was my eighth grade school trip to we did not get to go to DC because of 9-11 so we went to um, Philadelphia Hershey Gettysburg that was like what our school did instead for what it's worth like I'm from New Jersey and like an area where not to make this all 9-11 talk but like you know people the area I grew up like people most people's a lot of people's parents commuted to New York and like there was a time period where even us we couldn't have field trips into New York yeah yeah, so I feel like I was totally gypped, yeah. but I went to D.C. as an adult, and it was fine. I'll yeah. get into that later, too. Philly's cool, too, and, but, and Philly's, I love Philly. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was, I mean, I guess as a, how old was I, 13? I guess I thought it was cool, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so my friend on the bus had, you know, with our Discman's, 
we mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. um she had the young and the hopeless cd and we were just like kind of passing around cds and i got a hold of that one so like so that came out out what october of 2002 yeah yeah i think so this was november and um yeah that was just it for me <laughs> it was it was love at first listen and so uh when you first yeah, put it on just, what was your like the first time you listened to it, what songs stuck out to you? Like, did you know kind of what the singles were or were there just like any no, other songs? No, I honestly had out? no idea. No. So, um, obviously, well, I mean, I loved all of them and I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a sucker for a little bit of like slower, lighter songs. So, sure. you know, obviously, obviously I loved Hold On, but, yeah. um, you know, and I, I like, I had not gotten into as much, like rock music at that point I guess I was you could say I was coming out of the boy band phase okay okay and uh yeah I don't know it was just I was just like oh my god these guys are awesome yeah like you know like you have like uh lifestyles and the anthem a little more fast-paced and um you know uh story of my old man like my dad wasn't around as much when I was a kid so and just listening to the stuff that they were talking about with him, like their traits that their dad had and whatever. I'm like, Oh man, these guys are super, they, they get me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was exactly when that happened. It's a good feeling to find a band that gets you for like the first time. Oh yeah. I knew from the get go. I was like, yeah. these You're guys just like, get this me. is they it. Know me. This is it. They know me. We're, <laughs> we're the same. Yeah. Yeah. So I am so excited to talk to you about the city of Cleveland. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm like trying to think if I've talked about going to school in Cleveland on the show before, but yeah. No, I, I, I thought I heard on one of those things you said you were, you had gone to school to K, at Case and I'm yeah, like, yeah. does she mean like Case Western? Because uh-huh. that's like right by me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I went to a uh, Case Western in Cleveland, Ohio. And so Cleveland has a very big, very, very wonderful place in my heart. And I'm so excited to like find other people that, you know, either all lived in Cleveland or still live in Cleveland. Um, cause that's, that's where like my whole career in music really began. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've got, the, we've got our music scene here and yeah. you know, I was born and raised. So I, uh, I've been around for a while and, oh yeah, like I said, I, and I have tons of friends in the music scene here too. Mm-hmm. And you know, friends that are in bands, friends that do promoting and yep. So, oh yeah, over the years I've met a ton of people. I remember back in like 2011 or so when I was like really really getting involved in like local bands there. It there was this whole like dichotomy where like all of the pop punk bands would complain about uh how the Northeast Ohio scene was like only metal. But then all the metal bands would complain about how it was like too much <laughs> pop punk. Yeah, it definitely has a it definitely <laughs> has a heavier metal scene, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think it has its fair share of pop punk, or at least it did. Yeah. Um but I, I'm I, like I the, get the, what the they local were bands that I was seeing in like 2011, I think have like pretty much all broken up. But you know, oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I and I have some friends that are in bands locally, but I definitely have to say they're probably more on the heavier side, mm-hmm. you know, rather than pop punk, but um yeah there's there's definitely I would it was a I, good I, these city days it's probably heavier but it was a really fun city to be starting a music blog because 
in contrast to like New York, like if I had been home when I was starting it, there's so many people in in New York and in New Jersey and in Philadelphia, like that whole area. So, 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 so many people doing music vlogs and being concert photographers. And yes, you know, obviously Cleveland has alternative press, but they're the the number of like photographers you would see at a show. Oh yeah. In Cleveland. Like much less than than I'm now, you know, <laughs> when shows happen, much less than, you know, I uh oh, am used yeah. to seeing here. And that like obviously that makes sense, right? Yeah. But it was like yeah. it, it felt like I could be a bigger fish in that small smaller pond. Yeah, I definitely see even nowadays, like I've seen a lot of the same photographers at the shows I go mm-hmm. to. I'm like, oh, I, I recognize that person. Yeah. You know, so I see a lot of the same ones at, at the venues that I go to. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. there's definitely sometimes it obviously depends on the show, like depending on the artist. Like sometimes I see like a shit ton down there and then well, sometimes right. and that's like, like two. So. And that's like as a photographer, that's. You know, I, I can tell you a million reasons why the number of photographers vary. It could be anything from, like, that artist is being really picky with who they approve. It could be there's another show across town with an artist that's, like, known to be really good. It could be, you know, the artist's relationship with the press. It, like, could be a yeah. thousand different things. Oh, yeah. My brother is not necessarily a photographer, but he's gotten into shows. Yeah. Just like some of our friends shows or he didn't he didn't necessarily have like a press pass or a photography pass. But like, obviously, if you know people, things happen. Yeah. And it's like, so, even like you know, well, let's let's talk about some favorite Cleveland venues. I mean, something like House of Blues, you know, you were not uh, getting in there without a photo pass. You, you yeah, know, bring that's in a my camera. least favorite. That's my least favorite venue here. Yeah. But not like, that I don't like House of Blues, but it's just not. It's, why it's like, why it's is like it your least favorite? Chain, I don't know. It's like going to a chain restaurant, you know, like they all look the same. (laughs) I mean, it was like really exciting for me the first time I got a photo pass to the House of Blues. Like that was really exciting because I I knew it was like kind of a big deal. But yeah, it was – they were like really strict on a lot of things. Like – Oh, yeah. They still are, you know, no moshing at the – you know, they announced no moshing at the – well, obviously it still happens, but – Well, and, like, I would also do, I would do, like, street team stuff, and they would be like, no, you can't pass out stickers. Not you can't put stickers on the wall, but they would be like, you can't – you can't even pass out stickers. See, that's, like – I feel like just them being almost like a a chain venue because there's so many of them. They probably have someone higher up saying, like, these are the rules across the board. Yeah, and and that's, like, a – technically that's a rule at all Live Nation venues, but not all of them enforce it. Yeah. They actually just got with all the riots and stuff. All their windows got broken out and stuff. I haven't been wow. down there since all that happened, but yeah, they got they got reamed with those. Are they still doing cuz so it would have been April 2010. April 2010, I took the red line downtown to Tower City to see Angels and Airwaves at, like, that outdoor venue. Oh, the Tower City Amphitheater. Yeah, Yeah. except it wasn't really, like, an amphitheater. It was just, like... Like a big tent outside? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, thinking of the the... name of the venue in my head, and I'm like, Tower City something. Yeah, that used to be where they held Warp Tour every year. That's right. And And then they moved Warp Tour to Blossom. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but Warped Tour days will never be the same as they were at the amphitheater. Those were the best times. So, so I mean, I like Blossom, <laughs> but there was just something about having it at the amphitheater. It was all closer together. You, yeah. I mean, I'm Blossom assuming you've been to Blossom. Spread. It's Well, huge. yeah. I mean, when I was, there was one summer that I stayed on campus. So, like, I went to Blossom Warped Tour, and then I was on the tour in 2016. And I remember Blossom, it was like, I mean, a lot of Warped Tour venues are spread out. But I remember feeling like Blossom was like a particularly exhausting walk yeah, around. Yeah, Blossom's but, rough. <laughs> I mean, it was it was like a great day because I saw so many like Ohio friends, you know. Oh yeah. Um, can we reminisce about Peabody's for a second? Oh, because yes. it, also, if we're talking about venues where you could kind of just bring your camera in, yeah, that also exactly. had good shows. Peabody's was great. Peabody's they had three stages. So there was the main stage. There was Pirates Cove. Yep. And then upstairs, what was it? Rockstar? Which, like, it was, I, you I know, it was I, Rockstar. I rarely ever went upstairs. It was always either Pirates Cove or Main Stage. But it, I Rockstar only went upstairs, familiar. like, a small number of times. I think I saw Broadway calls upstairs. But I saw, yeah. I saw a fair few, you know, shows where you kind of have to bounce between, like, the main stage. Oh, and I, yeah, always. Pirates I always Cove. Because I had, had friends that, in band, that were in bands that would play Pirates Cove and then, yeah. you know, the main. Right, right. Like, you and would, and you would so. be like, oh, there's, like, five bands, like, on the actual tour that are playing the main stage. <laughs> yeah. And I want to see four of them. Like, I care about four of them. But shit, like, I have three of my friends' bands are playing on Pirates Cove. I mean, it was nice because that way, like, you could have a zillion bands on a show. And yeah. the show wasn't as long as if it was all, like, one stage, one after the other. But, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, yeah, I <laughs> miss Peabody's as dirty as it was. Yeah, and I was so as... happy because I, I guess they, like, I mean, I know, I know we talked about this, like, on Twitter, but to share with the audience. So I graduated college May of 2013, and, like, I think I knew by that point that Peabody's was going to close. And right. Then that, like, I was on tour, and it was either September or October, we had a show, our tour stopped at Peabody's, and I was, like, so happy. I was like, thank God, I miss this place. I get to say goodbye. Oh, I know, I know. I don't re really recall the last show I went to there, but I know. I'm, like, like trying like to said, remember what the tour was, because there was, like, a few different tours. I was I was touring for a nonprofit, and we kind of you know toured with a bunch of different bands. Uh, well, they always used to have. It was at one point called like Summer Slaughter, and I can't remember mm -hmm. what it was. It was either it was called something else before or after that the tour that they had every year. Because I remember I, it was one of asking Alexandria's first tours that they did. Like they look way different than they do now. Oh wow! And um, oh god, that was probably like 2010 or something, but. Uh, I used to go to that all the time. I saw Mess there one time. Mess. Yes, and Chris Wilson was actually their drummer at the time. Hey, there you go. So, so I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, because I got to meet Tony and Chris Wilson. So I was I like, oh. It. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, was that like the Mess reunion tour? That was like. It was, uh, it was like 2008 or something. Oh, it was, okay. His, I think Tony's brother was playing bass, and I can't remember who was playing guitar. It was not the original lineup at all. So was it like because the farewell tour was two thousand six? Okay, yeah, it must have been some kind of reunion. Something, I know that yeah. there was no new music at the time. Yeah. Um, 
I don't believe so anyway, but uh, yeah, they played main stage and I had last saw them at Warp Tour in like 2005. So it was cool seeing them at a small venue. Yeah. Like actually headline. Yeah. And, I feel like and, I need I to know, do an episode like, that's just like a messed deep dive. <laughs> yeah, I actually just saw them in January too. Oh, so yeah, um, my husband and I drove out to Chicago, and Ashley Rayburn, we met her out there. Love her, great, and great um, person. We went. It was a two night show thing. Um, so they did like a like a, a listening party for the new record, and that's so much fun. Like an acoustic set. Oh my gosh, we. We got drunk with Mast and like had like the best time ever. It was so fun. I love like thirteen year old me was having a ball. <laughs> I love it. Um, and uh, and then my best friend went with me the next day when they actually played the they played Wasting Time in Fool and the and the new record and stuff. And I I'm didn't so realize jealous. it was her first concert. Oh yeah, I'm I was, so jealous because uh, I only saw Mast the one time in in two thousand six on their farewell uh, tour. Yeah. I've seen them a handful of times. Not as many times as Good Charlotte, but I've definitely yeah. seen them quite a few times now. So and I never times. saw Good Charlotte in Cleveland. No. Oh, ha- yeah, have I they come to Cleveland a bunch? I mean, obviously, yes. I was only in Cleveland for a few years, and so Good Charlotte was on hiatus for half of that I time. I first but. saw them on the Honda Civic Tour in 2003. Okay. Was that was that um, at Blossom? That was at the amphitheater, the Tower City Amphitheater. Okay. Yeah, the amphitheater that's not an amphitheater. That's not an amphitheater. (laughs) Which, and they also have, what's that one that's like, actually has seats that's also on the water? Oh, um, it was called um, Nautica. Now it's James Pavilion. Right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been to tons of shows there. Gosh, I've seen, they have our rib cook off there every year. And, well, not anymore, but they used to. And uh, I saw so many, I've seen so many bands for like five bucks there. That's fun. Best five bucks ever. I know. Yeah, I love going to shows there because it's right on the water. That's so nice. And yeah. I saw Lindsay Sterling there a couple of years ago. And because obviously it's right on the river there. Yeah. And these huge boats, you know, the barges and the boats will mm-hmm. pass by and like their horns will blow in the middle of a show. <laughs> and, oh and the artists are like, what is going on? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's a great venue too. But yeah, I've seen them a few times in, in Cleveland for sure. We'll, we'll wrap listeners i promise we'll wrap up the cleveland talk i just you know, i know sorry i love talking about cleveland um <laughs> i could go on all day did you ever go to shows at euro gyro in kent no i went to mm-hmm. so many like local and diy shows there and it was a great time and i i, I had, never really went to the akron area all that oh, much really? i guess that's considered like akron area see to me kind it was of. like i don't know i have a car this is like less than an hour away <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, Whatever. now I'll do that all day long because I yeah. travel all the time for shows. Sure, so now yeah. I, you know, I would do that all day long. But so back back then, not as much. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask: favorite Cleveland touristy things and local restaurants. Well, local restaurants. I have to say barrio for tacos okay it's amazing yeah i never went there but i i mean everyone always oh, talks about barrio. it barrio in fact my husband and i had condado tacos last night which is like the same exact thing and they're awesome too obviously we have melt everyone love you know, melt. The area knows love about melt. melt i dream of melt i yeah. dream of melt every night <laughs> well, if yeah. you ever visit you have to go again <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah um and then sokolowski's which is a big polish place okay so because they have the best pierogies and stuffed cabbage in the world um, touristy things, you know, I mean, well, the obviously rock hall. Have the, 
we rock have the rock hall here honestly i don't think it's worth the money but that's just me i got in for free because uh, of school so oh, yeah you there's times where you can get in for free yeah. and stuff and i and i've been to shows at the rock hall too um and you know I, I do a lot of stuff not necessarily in cleveland like now we have edgewater park which is cool they have like live music it's right that's on the nice. lake there and is that like going on now Oh, uh, no, that I think the concerts and everything are canceled. People, people are obviously going to the beach there, but the con- the summer right. concert series and everything is canceled. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't do a whole lot. I hate to say I don't do a lot, a whole lot around Cleveland, but like we have, you know, the Tremont area, mm-hmm. you know, that's um, got a lot of shops and, and restaurants. We have, um, what's, um, it's in Ohio City. Why can't I think of it? The West Side Market. Yeah, that was West Side fun. Market's really cool. It has all kinds of foods and and everything you can think of. Clearly, I just am very food based. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> Go me I'm too. just a foodie and eat everywhere. Same, same. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, touristy stuff. Uh, I don't. I hate to. I I don't want to make Cleveland sound like bad or anything it's just you you kind of know you know when you know like when you come yeah. here, you'll you'll find stuff to do and see and, yeah. um but I, food yeah i think we get an a plus in food oh yeah and it's definitely like i just have to plug cleveland because i feel like you can eat out and eat well and it's gonna be more affordable than a city like new york or even like chicago for like a nice meal. oh yeah for sure we went to chicago my best friend lives there so i go and there chicago's so great like chicago's awesome oh yeah we went to this steak sandwich place and spent like a hundred dollars right on like four steak sandwiches right right <laughs> like yeah and same thing like seattle my, my husband and i went there and we spent like 75 dollars on lunch one day yeah. i'm like this is i crazy. had the summer after my first year of college i came home and i had an internship in new york and i remember like going out for mexican food with a friend of mine that lived in the city because uh, he was going to nyu and i spent like 30 dollars on dinner and i was like oh my god I know. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think we are affordable as far yeah. as coming here and you want to try some good food like Barrio Tacos or Tacos are $3. I mean, yeah. Come on. So you like this is a, this is a pitch to listeners that like when it's safe, you know, don't be traveling interstate right now if you can avoid it. But when it's safe to travel again, if you're looking for, you know, a, a road trip or something, Maybe you take a road trip to Cleveland. Maybe you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Maybe you catch Good Charlotte when they're in town. Maybe you take a detour to Columbus too. Maybe you know you you. you oh yeah, Columbus is great too. Yeah. Um. So, I want to deep dive a little bit into uh, victims of love. Okay. So we were chatting a little bit on Twitter, and I asked like, what song you might want to talk about. So what? what made you pick victims of love? Like what sticks out to you about this song? So I have to say that in general, good morning revival has not been my favorite album. Okay. But and theirs, we'll get, we'll get into this. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so it took me a long time to appreciate this album and the songs on it, but um, you know, victims of love. It's, I mean, I, I got married when I was 18. So like, I haven't had like that many relationships, right? but I have had one in particular that was very troubling. Oh no. (laughs) And, and, uh, when I was in high school and the, the first line of this song is what gets me because, you know, what is it? It's in the, in the beginning, I try to warn you or whatever. And 
this you play guy, with fire it's gonna burn you yeah. right this guy literally tried to warn me like when we started dating like you don't want to date me and i had other people tell me that that knew him and i'm like oh i'm just gonna but there's a there's a line i think it was bojack horseman someone said that like when you look at someone with rose-colored glasses all the red flags just look like flags so like exactly right right and that's i kind of think this song is almost like talking like almost like the person arguing with themselves oh okay okay you know like like they're saying like in the beginning this person tried to warn them you know blah 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 or or the other way around like i tried to warn this person that i'm no good and um you know they're in this bad situation already and they they want to take it they want to get away and they keep thinking you know like everybody's hurt somebody before everybody's you know been wound by somebody before so like you know this guy in particular like had me like you know thinking oh you know like i'm going to marry this guy blah 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 and um and we broke up so many times and i just kept going back and back and back right. and I, like now as an adult i'm like what was i thinking but i was young right. naive, so i mean i i even look at you know the any guy I've like had a crush on in the past and I'm like why you know yeah, it's, know, it's a I lot know. easier to like look back in hindsight yeah. and be like oh what yeah no looking back on this I mean I had dated this guy for two years and it was like yeah what was I thinking yeah <laughs> I mean the last guy like actually went out with before all of this like did not really listen to music like what was i thinking (laughs) we're gonna talk about what right right exactly and like i mean i know i know not everyone's the same obviously like they always say opposites attract and whatnot now this guy like was into music and stuff but definitely into heavier music which is probably partly why i ended up getting into heavier sure but um yeah he was just not good oh no (laughs) all around i mean his parents even were like why are you dating him? I'm like, man, if your parents are saying that, that's <laughs> like really Like, his parents bad. were like, hey, our son is a piece of shit. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yes. That's, like, oh basically. My God. <laughs> but it's like, I kind of have to wonder in situations like that, though. It's like, okay, good. You're not, like, pretending your child is, like, an angel. But, like, also, what did you do wrong? Are you trying to reform your child? If like you're completely aware that your child is problematic, so like, what you gonna do to change that? You're the parent. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. Um, and it's not actually, your fault. It's, it's funny. You know, I'm like the parent. Yeah. No. Right. Well, and you know what? He had he had brothers, and his brothers were honestly totally fine and normal. So mm. I was like, well, did you get dropped on your head as a child? I don't really know what happened, <laughs> but like. <laughs> Yeah, he even now as an adult cuz I I still this talk to his brothers now and then and mm-hmm. you know they're they're like, "Oh yeah, he's still not changed." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> sorry to hear that." Yeah. <laughs> but my husband and I actually dated too when when I was younger before before I dated this guy. And um at the time, I wasn't really allowed to date him. He was older and someone my dad knew knew him and they were like oh he's you know he's no good or something and so we kind of dated in secret my mom knew but yeah um you know I wasn't allowed to 
talk to him really. So I had to like talk to him at like three o'clock in the morning when he got off work at Burger King. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> but um, he, so we actually ended up breaking up like almost a year after we dated because we just didn't see each other and stuff. And I was like, this is kind of pointless. Yeah. Um, but again, a song that, that helped me through that one was uh, I Hate Everything About You from Three Days Grace. Okay. <laughs> I used to listen to that song all the I'm time. I'm not so familiar with the song, but I, oh, I, yeah. I, you know, was, I can was, gather like from the, the title. single from their first album. Okay. So this was 2004-ish. Um, but it's funny because now the song comes on and I'll look over at him. I'm like, I listen to this song all the time when we broke up. <laughs> He's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not, I mean, but, you know. No, you, I definitely think this song, like, Victims of Love, like, you know, I definitely think it's a good song for for someone to, like, listen to, like, when you've had a breakup. Because yeah. the lyrics are, I mean, I know there's not, there's, what, two verses? Yeah, I think so. And a little bit of a bridge. It's not, you know, it doesn't have as many, what do you want to say, but deep, you, you know, know I, things. But they make sense. I liked hearing your interpretation that it's someone kind of arguing with themselves um because i don't think i necessarily picked up on that right away but i like that a lot mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's go- it kind of looks like sounds like they're like going back and forth yeah. with themselves i i think that's a gr- i like that i like that a lot i think that's a great way of seeing it um i, I mean i'm i'm like looking at the song and to me this is this was written by someone who has like been burned by love time and time again and in this moment, they're just in this mindset that, like, everyone else has been burned, too, and everyone's just going to keep hurting each other, and that's all there is. And that's kind of, like, a theme in this album. You know, dance floor yeah. anthem, break apart her heart, broken hearts parade. You know, kind of, like, yeah. oh, it's definitely a theme for sure. and jaded about love, and we're all feeling like definitely. we're all just doomed but we're all gonna go back for more it's like it's like they're trying to warn themselves or maybe they're trying to warn someone else but they're also knowing that like no one's gonna pay attention to that warning right exactly yes yeah i know like when this album came out it was what like 2000 2007 march 2007 um I had actually already been married at that point so we Mm -hmm. got married in 2007 so it's i hate to say like it didn't the album didn't relate to me as much at the time. I mean, it didn't, but, and again, with the new sound at the same, I was kind of like a little standoffish. I was like, oh, sure. I don't know if I like it. Um, so did you have a point where you then like kind of came, did, did you like at that point, did you, were you still like digging the first few records or did you like oh, kind of get away? A bit? But I, I have to be honest and admit, I did like drop off I hate to say drop off, but like I did not listen to them as much because, like I said, mm-hmm. I got into more like metal music and sure things like that. But I mean, they were always, you know, in the back of my mind. I mean, anytime a good Charlotte song came on, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, once Cardiology came out, I really got back. Yeah. You know, I was really like, I found the record and, and I ended up seeing them in 2011 here. I don't know that it was necessarily the Cardiology tour. But I, they were on tour with Runner Runner and yeah, Brother the Sickest Kids. I think that was like my spring break or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was at, oh, it yeah. Was that, was, that was my spring break. And that was the year that I like went overseas for spring break. 
Ah, yeah. Which was like great, but like (laughs) then Good Charlotte broke up a few months later and I was like, God damn it. You know, obviously obviously this is me speaking from a point of a lot of privilege, but. Oh, I know. No. Um, (laughs) So yeah, this album definitely, and I didn't appreciate it till later. Yeah. So the album has since grown on me and I definitely appreciate it. Um. And now, you know, like I said, listening to the songs later, it's, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, these songs are, you know, they are pretty relatable. I mean, not, maybe not at this point in time in my life, but, right. you know. But I I almost see this album as, like, almost like a concept album, kind of. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it feels, despite having songs that, in some cases, sound pretty different from each other and, you know, will mention, you know, a certain song on the record that has horns that are pretty divisive yes uh even amongst members of the band (laughs) um (laughs) i feel like there's a lot of like world painting with this album and it feels like a a thing um so i'll share some uh backstory of this this song in particular uh so that this is somewhat paraphrased but uh there was an article on adobe that was like an interview, like I think the day the album came out. Uh, and then there was a really great feature in Billboard magazine. So basically, after Chronicles came out in 2004, that album did not sell as many copies as The Young and the Hopeless, but it expanded their audience like internationally. Um, and the band at that point just felt that it was time to reinvent themselves, to keep things fresh. And the executive VP of A&R at Sony Music Labels Group, Dave Massey, along with Don Gilmore, who Don Gilmore produced the first album, and they reconnected with him. And Dave Massey and Don Gilmore really pushed the band to reinvent themselves. So they sent, we talked about this on the Keep Your Hands Off My Girl episode, but they sent Gilmore like 40 or 50 demos, and he got rid of everything except Keep Your Hands Off My Girl. <laughs> told the band they needed to get out of LA. Uh, and we had a great discussion about that whole point in the Keep Your Hands Off My Girl episode. Yes, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so they went off to Vancouver and they were nervous about impressing him. And then Joel told, told Billboard that when they wrote Victims of Love, they felt like, okay, now we're definitely onto something new and different. And they definitely were onto something new and different with this song. Yeah, no, definitely. Um... I mean, the whole album in general. I mean, I'm, it's kind of, it's probably good that they honestly went to Vancouver and and yeah. and did it. I'll, I'll, one of the places I've always wanted to visit. It's amazing. Um, but, um, yeah, I definitely think it's good to go. Because I've heard a lot of bands will do that. They they get out of L.A., they'll go to, like, Wyoming. Or yeah. Somewhere to record. And I, and I could definitely understand that. I think you're probably, you're out of that. I've never been to L.A., but from what I've seen or can assume... You know, I so see you got to get away sometimes. Well, and even like so, think about the content of this album. Like this is this album is not someone who is like, you know, this album is someone. I don't want to say it's someone who hates LA, but I think expressing a lot of frustrations with that kind of culture. Yeah, even though it is sometimes the best place to be, you know, in yeah. certain industries. Um, I will say Vancouver is amazing. I've been dying to go back. I was there for like 36 hours on tour. But <laughs> had nights like those too. Yeah. Um yeah. I went to Seattle two years ago to see Good Charlotte. Love it. Um 
and, you know, met up with some of the other people from the show. Ashley, sure. Kelly, uh, Alyssa was there. We're going to have the greatest big family <laughs> reunion once. Uh, I really again. hope that can happen one day. Oh, yeah. Because I can't tell you all the people, I mean, that I've met through through them. I mean, I have so many friends, like, all over the country now. It's crazy. I love it. So, um, yeah, I saw them in Seattle uh, at, was it Showbox Show- Soto, I think? Um, first off, the venue was very, it wasn't very tiny, but I am used to being, you know, up front, and I have never felt more squished and, oh, no. <laughs> like, in my entire life. <laughs> so it was, oh, no. It was rough. But, um, but yeah, they. I felt like they definitely played I guess well I mean I they've over since 2016 since they came back you know I guess I've heard more songs from um this album in their set list than than normal but yeah seeing them in Seattle was awesome and you know we talked to Paul after the show and he's the best and um I love that I did not do a meet and greet for that show because I had already spent entirely too much money on going to get to Seattle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But my husband and I made a vacation out of it. We went to Washington, Oregon. It was fun. And I contemplated going to the Portland show. And then I talked myself out of it because that's what adulting does. If you go to Portland, you have to get voodoo donuts. Oh, yes. Well, we want to go back once this is all over. So yeah. we want to go back and spend more time in Oregon. And I, I'm like, it's really been over the past couple of years that I've, and obviously, especially much more so since I've started the podcast. Um, but it's only been like the past couple of years that I've like just really just started like meeting other GC fans. Yeah, me too. And, I- and now I've met and connected with so many people through the podcast. So I'm like, I just want them to tour again. So uh, I can I like everyone in real life. Yeah. If they have a Cleveland show, yeah. you better come. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> have a party go. at Melt. We'll have a party at Melt. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, my friend, she lives in Maryland and she invited me. Well, I actually met her. Do you know how they, they did in 2016? They did that little, um, like little mini tour. Yeah, I was on tour. I was on tour at that time and like all the way across the country. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did this DC show. So that was the only one I did out of them. But I met a girl in line. um, And she was we did the meet and greet and and one of my friends went with me too. But we did the meet and greet together and all that. And I remember, you know, we had driven what seven hours from me and I picked my Mm -hmm. friend up in Pittsburgh along the way. So uh, it was about seven hours and, you know, waiting in line. We went straight to the venue when we got there and uh, it, I had to go to the bathroom so bad. I had to pee so bad. Oh, no. And this girl what that venue I was met this in, line, in Maryland? Uh, it was at the 930 club. Oh, okay. And, or so it was DC. DC, it was yeah. yeah. DC, but, um, and her. Still counts and, as a hometown show. Exactly. So her and her uh, the person she was with at the time they were like we'll save your spot i'm like are you serious they're like yeah i'm like am i you're gonna let me get back they're like yeah you can come you can come back i love that and so i was able to go and come back and they saved my spot and honestly her and i have been best friends for like four years now i love that i know we visit each other all the time so (laughs) i love that yeah and she invited me they played at preakness which is part of the whole like um Kentucky Derby, which I didn't even know until then. It was like more than one race. Oh, so interesting. 
obviously we weren't there for oh that that yeah 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 Yeah, they were just part of the entertainment i'm i'm like vegan as fuck so i'm i'm not i I know not Uh, not about i don't (laughs) i do not agree with that at all (laughs) but my friend invited me it was a free ticket she's like this ticket was like a hundred dollars and i'm like i'm just gonna go so i drove that night i i am in a community orchestra so i had yeah a concert that night and oh I got and so you just like concert. left i slept for like three hours if you even want to call it sleeping oh my god i the concert was at 10 over at 10 i got home <laughs> made sure i had all my stuff packed and because i told her i'm like you know i have a concert because i normally would go out friday because it was on saturday i'm like right. so i'm gonna like wake up at one o'clock in the morning and drive there oh my god so, <laughs> and it was it was I was like on a high at first, you know. I was like, oh, right. This the is first, awesome. the first like two hours, you're gonna be like <laughs> cruising. You're loving it. Yeah. By six a.m., I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, I yeah. need coffee. I was up for like almost forty-eight hours. Oh my god. Because her friends, her her and her friends wanted to go eat somewhere, and there was another band playing at a place by them, and we went there. And by like midnight, I'm like, I'm gonna collapse. Yeah. <laughs> so. It was well worth it. Don't get me wrong, because yep. that you know that was technically like a hometown to ho- uh, hometown show as well. I am but, next time they have a hometown show, I am there. Yeah, I've I, never been to a hometown show. It well, so Preakness was a little bit different because right. No offense to anybody out there who enjoys I don't imagine that kind that of thing. Type of crowd as like yeah, it was weird. Fans. First off, you have like all these people dressed in fancy clothes, hats, rompers, <laughs> you know, I mean, I would have, I would have, I, I feel like the ideal outfit for that would be to like take the same styles, like the big hats and like the f- nice dresses, but all black. Oh yeah. That would have, have like black and like skull covered versions of like their fancy, you know, horse derby outfits. Oh yeah. Well, we, um, that show is weird because we, for like I said, weird crowd, right. <laughs> not clearly not their, their normal crowd. They were, you know, <laughs> I got this girl next to me who looks like she's 12 and she's drunk trying to get in front of me. And she's like, Oh, these guys are, you know, they're my favorite. I'm like, do you even know who they are? I'm pretty sure you don't. <laughs> then which, Hey, if anybody finds out about them, good, good for them. If it's right. exposure, good for them. But uh, I've never been to a show where they would not let us lean up against the barricade. Oh, wild. So they would not let us stand on it or near oh it or God. lean against it. I the, mean, yeah. The security guards. And I was like, what is this? I've never experienced this. So, you know, everyone in that front row is trying to hold everyone back, pushing them. Oh, my God. And, you know, usually have that barricade to at least, like, bar- like keep yourself steady. It was odd. That's bizarre. <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing ever. <laughs> I'll have to look up videos from that show. Yeah, you you will and see. Uh, yeah, see how that all went. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk real quick, and we'll we'll dive into like some actual fan comments, um, just a second. But I wanted to talk about this kind of theory I have that if you stuck with Good Charlotte, because I think a lot of people dropped off after like Chronicles. Um, right but if you stuck with them through good morning revival even if you didn't love good morning revival 
But if you stuck with them through Good Morning Revival, you're probably still a fan today in 2020. Yeah, I could I could say that's pretty agreeable. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, though, that, like, I don't know, because I loved this album when it came out. I still love it and, you know, was listening to it, like, in full on repeat over the past few days getting ready for this episode. Yeah, me too. <laughs> It, it's been fun. It's cool because I, I'm, like, listening to all the albums in full more than I had been, like, six months ago, you know? Um, right. And discovering so many new things, which is a lot of fun. But, yeah, I mean, they were kind of doing this, like, dancey punk thing that nobody else was really doing. This was, like, right before the sort of neon era slash maybe yeah. the beginning of the neon era. Because I think that uh, all-time low album, So Wrong It's Right, I think that that came out 2007. But, like, even so, that was, like, a very different kind of, like, sort of dancey, if we're going to call it that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it. like you said, it was, it was hard for me. I, I am not a person of change. Sure. I, I, I don't like change and I wish and I hate that about myself that I don't like change. Yeah. But um it, <laughs> hey, it you're you're aware of it. You're aware of oh, it. Oh, I'm definitely aware of it. <laughs> I can't tell you how many bands like and, and I'm and I'm all about them like like messing around with things, cha- you know, trying different sa- like sounds and, and sure. whatever. I'm all for that. But then like I always end up getting disappointed because I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I like it. But yeah. then it ends up growing on me usually because totally. Cause I just have to listen to it a lot. And it's once I'm, once I'm there, I'm there, but yeah, this album was definitely hard for me to, to like, but like I've said, it's, it is now I'm, I'm all about it now, but it did take me a while. Cause I was just like, what is this thing they're trying? <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it was weird and it was like, not just weird for them, but like I said, it was like not really a thing that anyone else was doing, like not exactly like this anyway. Although right. we will talk about some in just a second, we're going to talk about some other songs that sound kind of like it, even yeah. though like the bands as a whole don't really. Yeah, so it's like I get, I get it, and I don't have anything that I can say like, oh, I don't understand why people like didn't like this album. Um, but I get, it. yeah. Well, let's let's talk about some fan comments on one of my favorite websites in the world, <laughs> songmeanings.com. Ashley, prior to the notes and prior to like, you know, possibly hearing it on other episodes, had you been familiar with songmeetings.com? No, not until oh. I started listening to the podcast. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's it still exists. You can still comment, but it, it's, you know, now that genius Yeah, I was looking exists, through some of them and some of them were like really old and I was like, yeah. <laughs> now that genius exists, um, I think song meetings is not getting as much traction i would argue right so we're going to uh go through some comments so all right user building on. music says the beginning beat sounds like hillary duff's song with love and it's funny that they would say hillary duff well i feel like <laughs> i almost feel like that was like on purpose although yeah and, and <laughs> not to digress too much into this and this is not about you know saying who who were certain songs written about but oh there there was an interview with joel where he said that none of the songs on this album were written about his past relationship right so 
like his most it's recent just, relationship. Um, so yeah, you know, I feel like we should take him at his word. Oh, I I agree. And apparently, Benji wrote a lot of the love songs on this record. Um, well, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, Good user Benj. user Grubsack user Grub Smack says that I'm going to put my two cents in. Good Charlotte could possibly be the biggest sellout band ever. Well, maybe not ever. There is still Sugar Ray to consider, but they are close. Not only that, but the unoriginal, regurgitated crap they put out isn't even worth listening to. Which, like, I would disagree because, like, what else, what other bands were making records that sounded like this? Well, and I hate the term sellout, kind of, because... Good Charlotte always wanted to be rich and famous. That's kind of their goal. Yeah. (laughs) Like, any of these musicians. They were very poor. Like, being from Cleveland, like, MGK's from Cleveland. Yeah. I'm a huge MGK fan. Oh, yeah. And everyone's always like, oh, I feel like there's got to be an MGK episode, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Still waiting for them to play OMG MGK one day, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, people from here always like, he sold out and blah, blah, blah. But I I just, that's the whole point of the profession. I mean, you're there to to get your music out there. You know, I mean, obviously everyone wants to make money. Yeah, there's there's like the faction of like the DIY scene that's always going to be kind of pretentious about it, though. Yeah. Um, Now, am I a little more protective of certain bands that, you know, when they do get bigger? Like, so I was a fan of MGK, like, from early on, like, 2010, 2011. I saw him in 2011. Did you? Yeah, I did, too, at... I saw him at I saw him at the Agora in 2011. Oh, my God. But prior to that, I saw him at Barley House, which is on West 25th in Cleveland. Okay. He, he did a... Um, I think, it I, was think like, I got my first tattoo at a place. I want to say it was West 25th. Oh, I'm sure there's a tattoo shop over there. Yeah. I don't doubt that at all. Um, it was like it was in a bar, and like the girls had to dress up as, mm-hmm. I don't know, probably something slutty i don't know but that's not me but i still dressed kind of the part because i wanted to get in for free so and i have a picture of him somewhere in my facebook of me and baby mgk at at barley house you know stop i love so you know but and as as proud as i am of him and i'm so happy where he's at and what he's done part of me will always miss those come up days totally going to the smaller shows being able to like basically talk and hang out with him yeah you know at these things so i I do miss stuff like that but i'm super proud of what he's accomplished and right and and it's like uh, i mean there there are people who get into music who are just like this is a hobby and i have no intention to make it my career right oh yeah and there are people who are like just putting their all into it and and they have different levels of success but yeah i mean Good Charlotte got a lot of the sellout comments, but like also number one, they were on a major label from the first record. Right. Number two, if we're gonna talk about like pop and polished, the first record uh is pretty polished. Yeah. But it's also like I they said so. from the beginning that they wanted to be rich and famous. Yeah. So like I know. You know, I don't I don't see it as selling out just because that's like always what they wanted to do. You right. Know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I mean, if that's your goal in the long term, it's not really selling out. I hate I hate when people say that. <laughs> yeah. 
so there were a bunch of people on songmeetings.com saying that it sounds like Not Gonna Get Us by Russian female music duo Tattoo. <laughs> T-A-T-U. Love that song, by the way. <laughs> I had not been familiar with that song, but I listened to it and I was like, yeah, that especially like the beat at the beginning is like practically oh, the I know. same. That song is a jam, yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so listeners, go go jam that. I'll probably when I tease this episode, I'll probably say something like, All right, think of your favorite <laughs> tattoo song. Yes. <laughs> User Nahiki Multi gave like a really detailed analysis of how they think this is either a prologue or like a follow-up to dance floor anthem of like a boy kind of warning his girlfriend that uh, if she does anything to hurt him, karma's going to get her. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, that's a, that's an interesting take. Yeah. It was like a very detailed comment. I, did, I didn't copy the whole thing. Um, the final song meanings comments that I want to share was user <laughs> blacklight trance user black blacklight trance on songmeetings.com i hope you're doing well because I many <laughs> many years ago you said story period of my life right now period between each word so yeah, blacklight trance right out there. i hope you uh recovered from i hope you found real love blacklight i hope i hope that whoever <laughs> hurt you that made you you know, feel those things to write that comment. I hope that whoever hurts you gets their karma. That's right. I, um, hope, I hope they're very happy somewhere right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also on an upload of the song on YouTube, 12 years ago, user Stephanie R. said, very lovely. I love how they are experimenting with different types of music. I really love how they did this record. It's new and very good. So, yeah, there you go. Right. No, I mean, I, I mean, for like, like we keep saying, you know, like this album was very different and, you know, not everybody loved it, you know, so I I can see there being those comments that are not so, you know, not, 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 they weren't so mean, but, you know, yeah, I could see them getting some not so good feedback (laughs) at the time on it, but and I could have been one of those people at the yeah. time, but I, I don't think I would ever say something about bad about my favorite band, whether I didn't like it or not. So. The only the only good Charlotte like album that I've publicly spoken out against, if you'll even say that, is Greatest Remixes, um, which I wrote yeah, I, I wrote an Amazon I, review of that. That was not too nice. Yeah. Oh, it's still <laughs> up there. It's still up there. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one I I uh, I do have it, you know, downloaded because mm-hmm. because it's Catrolet, so I have it downloaded. Yeah, and and there are some, you know, there's some okay, but songs where like they had that anxiety, you know, they had anxiety on mm-hmm. there and stuff. And there's like, a remix of this. Like when I've been doing the episodes, I go through and I'm like listen to whichever ones have remixes. I kind of like go back and listen to that remix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you know, I always have my car on shuffle on my my phone sure, so like, yeah. they'll pop up and stuff and then like I'll listen to it for a few minutes and I'm like do I want to finish this I don't know but yeah. then I usually <laughs> end up doing you know finishing it but but yeah, right. it's it's that was another another one that took a while to get used <laughs> yeah um two uh reviews we're gonna mention one is from a site that I am just like really liking to dunk on this site which is potmatters.com Pop Matters does not like Good Charlotte. The critic that reviewed Pop Matters. 
Correct. And and look, there's plenty of valid criticisms of this album, and I don't even want to say their criticisms aren't valid. That being said, because I think a lot of their criticisms are totally valid. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the reviewer, by the way, a bad thing necessarily. The reviewer that reviewed Good Morning Revival for Pop Matters also reviewed The Young and the Hopeless for them, and had the same kind of tone, which is like. And I don't even want to blame Pop Matters or Adrian B. Grand, who is the writer. Because in, like, early 2000s music writing, that's what everyone did, is, like, they were pretentious and they had a, you know, they had an attitude where they, like, there was no, like, I I think the tone of music criticism has shifted a lot over the past 20 years. Um. And I think there's more people doing something where they're trying to, like, give a level of understanding in a review. And there's more people that, like, review stuff they like versus, like, oh, everyone likes dunking on this artist, so let's dunk on this artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. But – and I, I – I, so, it, like, it strikes me. It's, like, you have reviewed one of Good Charlotte's albums before. You did not seem to like it. Why are you reviewing another one of those albums? But, again, like, this was a time in music criticism history that, like, even if you liked a band, you were probably not writing, like, a nice review. So, like, maybe this person's actually a Good Charlotte fan. Well, and I feel like, too, like, I – Good Charlotte just gets criticized all the time because I can't tell you how many of my friends still to this day, you know – have to make fun of me because I, I love good Charlotte so much still. I'm yeah. like, is this really necessary? Like we are in our late twenties, right. early thirties, leave me alone. <laughs> right. I mean, I think at this point me like having the podcast kind of shuts up anyone who thinks I'm going to like back down from like liking good Charlotte, you know? Oh but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All my friends know better. They know it's not going to stop. So I don't know why they still feel the need. In fact, um, my friend's, my one friend always says Riot Girl reminds every time it comes on, he thinks of me because Cute. it's good Charlotte. And then <laughs> my one friend and I have a joke. I don't even know where it came from. He calls me number two because I had gone to a meet and greet or something for good Charlotte. And he said something about me not being their number one fan or something. He goes, you'll always be number two. Oh God. And I'm, and I'm like, whatever you have to tell yourself, buddy. And so now if I mention anything about Good Charlotte on Facebook or anything, he'll just write number two. That's <laughs> like, hilarious, though. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so I did want to read this quote from the Pop Matters review, which... Yeah. It, it, like, okay. So they say, Too often, though, we get dragged down into the depressing Morris of Good Charlotte's faux profundity. Victim, blah, 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 victims of love takes the dance stick too far. I don't even want to say those are that's wrong. I just disagree that that's bad. But <laughs> well, coming from someone who always hates on them, right, right. We don't value your opinion anyway. Pop matters. Yeah. So, Drowned in Sound also reviewed this record, and they said that you can only really judge Good Morning Revival as a pop album because it's about as punk rock as the iron increases on David Cameron's jeans. Uh, <laughs> they t- say that the pop is soulless but effective. Then it starts to slip, 
and on Victims of Love, the shamelessness of the whole exercise slaps you across the chops. Who sings a line like that and holds his head up high? I disagree that it's soulless. But, 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 <laughs> I say that as someone who spent a lot of time, who, like, totally loves this record. Yeah. So, like, I've probably picked up on a lot of things that, you know, insert reviewer here, sorry I didn't write their name down, from Drowned Sound, didn't necessarily pick up on. So, like, I have a lot of, like, understanding of these songs that I think I would guess this person doesn't. Yeah, they probably just didn't get it. I mean, I, I can kind of see as far as the whole not um, reviewing it as, like, a punk album. I mean, it definitely has more pop feel to it. You know, it's but definitely not I feel the like same as, say, Young and the Hopeless. But I feel but, like there's something punk about, like... Just like putting your middle fingers in the air and going like, yeah, oh, I'm that just totally. gonna like that call totally. shit out and yeah. complain about things. No, that I totally get. Exactly. Yeah. That I can see. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I think that's what, I mean, of every song, but especially of this record, that's what's been really cool to dive into is like, this record has just so many layers of, of things open to discussion, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like I, I, and like you were saying, without this, re- you would disagree with them saying it's soulless. I mean, I would too. Yeah. I mean, if you really listen to the record, I mean, they clearly are talking about things that have affected them. Right. I mean, right. I, I don't think that's soulless. <laughs> no, I would, I would say it's not. But you know, if if you don't, yeah, if you don't understand, I mean, it's sort if of you, you haven't spent as much time with the record as probably like you and I have, if you haven't read oodles of good charlotte interviews like like i have you know you're not you're not gonna have like the same understanding and and background and that's okay yeah no exactly like i said my my friends don't don't get it and they probably never will so (laughs) that's why i have my gc fan friends now yes yes and i'm like talk to people about stuff with i'm like where were you guys (laughs) when i was a teenager (laughs) right i know i think about that too i'm like i mean that was like the whole thing that i wanted to do this show right because like growing up i just like didn't have like all these gc friends really um friends that like them I mean, clearly my one friend showed yeah. me their album, but well, right. they definitely never got onto it at, like, a le- the same level that I did. Yeah, I mean, my, my friend Sam Warren was on the show, and, like, I've known her for a long time, but, like, you know, we went to summer camp together. We weren't, like, in high school together. So, like, I didn't have anyone, like, in my kind of daily life. Yeah, long. well, and I, I went to a small school, so same. I've yeah. known everyone since pre-K and up, basically. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, no, many, not a lot of people just weren't into it. They, they just weren't into it and didn't get it. And yeah. I mean, it's fine. It is what it is. I have who I need now, but. Exactly. You know, at the time, it would, it's yeah, hard. especially when you're a teenager and you're going through all those things, you're like, I wish I had someone that yeah. knew what I was talking about or wanted to go to. And that's what they were for me, you know, and I didn't have any friends that understood or even understood what, you know, what they were trying to say, at least. Mm-hmm. At least I do now. Yes, you do now. <laughs> So, how has how has Victims of Love held up for you over time? Well, I mean, the whole album in general, like I said, I, I came to an appreciation for it later. Sure. Um, but, you know, this song, like I said, it's very, it, I mean, as, as, right, as an adult right now, it, it, it doesn't have as much, I hate to say meaning, but it isn't as relevant to me now. 
but you know, I, I think it it, it can be fun can to like people find those songs that you're like, well, I don't currently relate to this, but like it still reminds me of like a time in my oh, life. Oh yeah, I could totally relate to it. I mean, yeah. in, in in even in if it's not tense. like a current, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's and, and now I, you know, I definitely listen to the album way more than I did back when it first came out. Um, but no, and I think this song is, is, is catchy. You know, it, I, I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great song. It's a great album. And I, I think it's a good one. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Ashley, just a couple questions to wrap things up, but what has good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed? It's really hard to put into words. Yes. <laughs> um, well, obviously they've been my favorite band since 2002. I was 13 and I'm 31 now. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long time. Um, I mean, even, even with these last two albums after the hiatus, I mean, it, as an adult, it's even like more relatable to me now. Um. And I mean, and I've been to plenty of meet and greets. They are the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I mean, I, I've met a lot of bands over the years and Mm -hmm. it's so disappointing sometimes. Not that, you know, everybody has a bad day. I get it. Right. But sometimes you meet like a band and you're so excited and you're, you know, you can't wait to talk to us and they're just like, not, not what you thought, you know, and it's so disappointing. I mean, every time I've encountered them, they've been nothing but nice. Yeah you know, nothing, but they're really stand-up guys. Um, I think they've stayed true to themselves, you know, for the most part. And that means a lot to me. They brought me so, like, I have so many friends. I have friends all over that, I, that mean dearly to me, who I appreciate and love. And, you know, so as far as like my love for Good Charlotte, that definitely has not changed. If not, it's grown more that yeah. they've as you've like made friends and everything yeah no yeah i i can't thank them enough for for everything they've done musically you know things not musically you know like the whole veep thing they're they're helping other people right with everything going on right now um Oh, yeah. It's and like every just, day I feel like I'm seeing stuff on Instagram or Twitter that's like so-and-so is doing a stream on beeps. You know, Joel Joel is like always sharing stuff on in- his, his Instagram story. I know. Like, and I'm like, holy shit, they're, they're doing like so much cool stuff. They they really are. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like people don't think they're, they might not be relevant anymore, but they really are, even if yeah. it's behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, just I'm thankful for the people they brought into my life. I mean, it's, they, I really can't just thank them enough for for everything that that yeah that they've done for me amazing so ashley do you have any last words about victims of love about good charlotte or about yourself um well you know i i pretty much still stand by the whole you know my whole good charlotte thing about thanking them for everything yeah um i mean really they've I think, I think they're relevant, even like I said, even with the whole COVID thing and the quarantine, they're, they're still behind the scenes doing things, helping people, you know, and even as, even as I, you know, got older, I know I'm, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, I am a musician, you know, I mean, I, I I play violin, but I've been playing violin since I was nine. So, um, 
you know, when I was younger, I used to try to figure out their songs on the violin. I once tried to start a yellow card cover band, by the way, didn't I was going to say, I was going to ask. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I tried it when I was like eighth grade. Didn't happen. Um, Missed opportunity. I, I I tried. I really did. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody was, was into it. One girl wanted to play guitar and the rest of the people were like, yeah, I'm like, you guys suck. Um, you know, as a musician, I can appreciate, you know, what they do. I mean, obviously I play mostly classical music, but we, we do play modern stuff and, you know, it, I just appreciate everything that they're, that they do and try to do. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Ashley, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? So I'm on Facebook, obviously, probably more than I need or want to be. Um, <laughs> we are. But Ashley Godfrey, and I'm, I'm trying to remember all of my handles. Um, Instagram, I think I'm Crazy Schlee. Yeah. Like crazy and then S-H-L-E-E. And Twitter, I am, I think it's Ashley underscore E-S-T-89. I think that's okay. what it is. But um. But I'm sure you could find me if you follow any of these other great people because I'm probably following them as well. (laughs) Amazing. um, But yeah, yeah. Follow me if you'd like. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show. Listeners. Thank you. This was awesome. Yeah. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Last week, we talked about I Just Want to Live from the Chronicles of Life and Death. Next week, we'll be talking about a song from Cardiology. My name is Molly. I've been your host. And please make sure to subscribe to Generation GC on uh, Apple or Spotify, Google, wherever you listen, and make sure you rate it and leave a review, especially in uh, Apple Podcasts. That helps a ton. And always just make sure you share it with your friends. Share it with your friends who love Good Charlotte. Share it with your friends who have never listened to Good Charlotte before as like a little push. Get them interested. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P O D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleson, M H U D E L S O N, on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for tuning in, and we will be back next week. <laughs>